Welcome to No More Desire. My name's Jake Castleman. I've had personal experience with what it takes to get clean and stay clean of porn. And now I'm helping others just like you break free and step into their new life. Through one-on-one coaching, daily check-ins, and life-changing material, I help others break free of porn and never look back. To discover how you can overcome porn addiction, go to nomoredesire.com. Welcome to the No More Desire podcast. My name is Jake Castleman. Do you ever feel like your porn addiction has ruined your sex life with your spouse? Uh, Do you worry that your feelings about sex will never be the same? Uh, Is porn a, a serious point of contention between you and your wife or your husband? I can tell you from my own personal experience, having been addicted to porn for 10 years, um, I've been sober eight, over eight years now, you know, I know what this is like. I know what these feelings are like, Um, even after quitting and being clean of porn for years, it impacted my sexual relationship. And porn addiction can do a pretty serious number on our sex life. Watching porn, it trains our brain to view other people as objects, just to be straight up. And that's not meant to make you feel ashamed or bad. It's just meant to help you see and understand my brain has been trained this way. This isn't who I am. It doesn't define me as a human being, as a child of God. But it is a way that my brain has been uh, has been habitualized, right? Has built a habit of seeing other people as objects of my addiction. Despite our best efforts, sex with our spouse, instead of being a connective, intimate experience, can become an objectifying means to an end. And, you know, we don't talk about this much. I I think this is talked about pretty little in the world. But the reality is that our sexual relationship, even when it is within the bonds of marriage, can be affected permanently because of our pornography addiction. And that includes after we quit porn, as I said, even years later. Right? To this very day, my, the way that my brain perceives sex has been affected. It is a constant awareness, a practice that I need to engage in in order to change the way that I think about uh, sex in real life um, because of those years of addiction. And that's okay. Um, I can tell you that things can get much, much better. It can feel very discouraging, like we'll never be the same because of the effects of porn use, but there is so much hope. So, so much hope. And in this episode today, we're going to talk about how and why pornography addiction affects sex, how we can talk with our wife or our husband about our struggles, and then how we can train our brain to view sex in a more positive, connected way, which is also going to help our recovery in a really big way. Because honestly, uh, a lot, I I shouldn't say a lot, a portion of the reason we become addicted to porn is because of sexual shame. And when our sex lives are strained, there's always going to be shame involved. 
So let's dive into these things. Let's start with how and why pornography addiction affects sex in real life. And the first thing I want to talk about is what I call, I shouldn't say what I call, what is called contextual learning. Contextual learning is all about how our brain, our brains as human beings, learn things within context. So in other words, when it comes to our, our arousal, right, our sexual preferences, our sexual desires, we learn them within context. So if I'm used to becoming aroused in the context of I'm staring at a computer screen or I'm on my phone, that's how I get aroused. If I do that once, that's not going to build a long-term habit. If I do it twice, three times, four times, five times, if I do it a a thousand times, now my brain has been trained because of how powerful sex is. It has now been trained that that is where I get aroused. That's my arousal template now, is I get aroused when I'm looking at a computer screen, when I'm by myself, when I'm looking at a phone, when I'm in the bathroom, right? And I know this can feel awkward hearing this, right? But let's just be real. This is how it works, okay? So if I learn that that is where I get aroused and have my sexual experience, it is going to make it far more difficult for me to get aroused and have a positive, well, have any kind of satisfying sexual experience outside of that context. And this actually goes straight into this arousal template, this contextual learning plays into whether or not we can get it up during sex. Because when, when we are addicted to porn, and this is, this is so common. I mean, we, we talk about erectile dysfunction. There are so many different pills, Viagra and things out there to help with with dysfunction, right? With erectile dysfunction. And in my opinion, that is because of porn use in large part. And I know I've talked to, I have many friends and people within the, uh, within 12 step and within the addiction community that have talked about this issue. Okay. So, and it's, it's because of that. And then it's also the simple fact that porn is far more pleasurable than sex. And that might sound really strange because you're thinking, well, in real life, that's like the real thing. Isn't that the best? Not necessarily. What time in real life can you get access to thousands of women within a matter of minutes? That doesn't happen, right? And The simple fact is when you're only with one partner, that is far less stimulating. That is far less novel and exciting. And this can mess with our brains big time. That's that's sad and unfortunate. We can actually retrain our minds, but it does take us quitting porn for a prolonged period of time in order to reestablish that arousal template, get out of that contextual learning and into a new context, which is real 
uh, intimacy with one person and eventually our, our brains will adapt. They will heal. And I testify of that from my own experience and other people's experience that I've spoken with. So the other thing I want to talk about is isolation versus intimacy. Now, isolation, right, when we engage in pornography addiction, it's an isolated experience. We're all by ourselves. Pornography tricks our brain into thinking there's someone else involved, but there's not. And in fact, one of the reasons that we continuously go back to porn is because we are constantly let down by that experience. Constantly let down by the experience of porn. Because our souls, our brains, crave intimacy and connection. We want to intimately connect with someone else physically, emotionally, spiritually. And we can actually have all of that in a sexual experience. But when we step into porn, it's actually just us. We cheat our mind and we don't get that real connection, that sacrifice for another person, that love for another person. That's not involved. And then we, we find ourselves craving even more afterwards, in large part because of that, because we're craving intimacy and connection and we're not getting it. And that's the isolation. And unfortunately, we actually become addicted to that isolated experience in a lot of ways. I'm all by myself. It's just me. It's shameful. It's guilt-ridden. We become addicted to that because it's really, really intense. I've talked about this in other episodes. But our brain, the addict side of our brain, or the natural man, right, as Jesus Christ called it, it just craves intensity. It could be negative. It could be positive. It just craves an intense experience. So if I engage with porn and I'm looking at thousands of women and it's, it's shameful, it's isolated, I feel terrible about myself, well, that's intense. We find the same thing in relationships where we continuously get in bad relationships, abusive relationships. And there are multiple factors to this. I don't simplify this at all. I'm just talking about one factor. But... We can maybe grow up with a parent who is abusive and then later in life seek out abusive relationships unknowingly, subconsciously. We actually attract these people into our lives because our brain craves that intense, dramatic experience. And so we continue seeking out abusive and negative relationships where we fight and there's conflict because the addict brain or the natural man craves that intensity and gets used to whatever form it finds it in, whether that be negative or positive. We can have intensity in a negative way. We can have intensity in a joyful, positive way, by selfless service, by giving, by doing good for others. Both of these are intense. Which one are we going to get attached to? And again, I don't simplify abusive relationships and things like that with multiple factors and people who are real victims to that situation. It's very, very hard. This is just one aspect that can be a part of it. 
The other thing I want to talk about is novelty versus depth. So the reason why pornography addiction affects sex in real life is this novelty versus depth. Pornography is a very, very novel experience always when we engage in it because, again, we can look at any number of pictures or videos of all sorts of individuals or couples. It's always novel. It's always new. We don't have to watch the same thing or be with the same person more than one time in a row. And that gets really, really addictive. And that hikes our dopamine, our pleasure chemical in our brain to highly unnatural levels. And we get attached to that novel, new experience. And this can really tear our soul apart. Because at the end of the day, we are meant to connect with one person, one person in a sexual experience, develop first a loving, intimate relationship with that one person, and then have sex become a part of that relationship. And that's in many ways why I believe that marriage is ordained of God. It's something that is good for us as human beings because we need to build and establish the relationship first. And then if we wait to have sex until after marriage, it's extremely positive for both parties because we have the, the opportunity to develop that emotionally and spiritually intimate relationship before that without it getting muddled and muddied by a sexual relationship, which can really cause us to think we love someone when we don't. So the novelty of porn is far more than the novelty we're going to experience in a sexual relationship. And a lot of the world teaches us to use sex toys and all sorts of different techniques and blah, blah, blah. Bunch of hokey bullcrap, all right? I'm telling you right now, all of that stuff is never going to make you happy or satisfy you in the long run when it comes to a sexual relationship. And again, in the long run, it may in the short term, and it can get more and more intense and more extreme, and you can do more and more weird things, but it's never going to satisfy you in the long run because it's, it's all playing on and following a path with no good outcomes. In order for our sex life to be satisfying, we need to have a, an intimate, a, an, an emotionally and spiritual, spiritually intimate relationship first and foremost. That is how we have a satisfying sex life. If you have that with your spouse, then you can have the sexual end be satisfying and positive because it's already backed up by all of this other stuff that's the context of that relationship. And that's the depth, right, of that sexual experience. That's the depth that I'm talking about. Pornography addiction is about novelty, new experiences, all sorts of different things, more and more extreme, no good end to that. You want to know what the outcome of that is? 
Okay, for some people, the outcome of, of exploring and pursuing more and more novel experiences is ev eventually child porn, child trafficking, because there's no more horrific or intense experience than that. And that's sick and twisted, and I know. But this is what happens to people. People start out as porn addicts and eventually go to child trafficking and child sexual abuse. You can look this stuff up. Please don't look it up, though. That's, that's the reality. So that's that road. That's the road of the natural man. The road of being close to God, feeling close and having a good, loving relationship with someone is the depth that, again, we have that emotional and spiritual intimacy, and the physical intimacy is just a portion of that relationship. It is by no means the focus of it. It's a, a cherry on top, I would say, in a lot of ways. The other thing, um, as far as porn versus meaningful, positive uh, sexual relations, is self-centeredness versus love. Okay, porn, porn addiction is about self-centeredness. A good sexual relationship is about love. And I would say it's about sacrifice. Because love is sacrifice. When you watch porn, there's nothing you're sacrificing. There's no kind of love or intimacy or part of yourself that you're giving to that situation. It's all for self-centered pleasure. And that's a habit that we build. Again, we're, we're, we're learning through our arousal template. We're getting aroused in this very isolated, very novel experience that's self-centered. And then... We have a very, very hard time developing a loving relationship, especially when it comes to sex. But that can be untrained. That can be changed through changing our choices, our focus from a self-centered perspective to a selfless perspective to serving, sacrificing, doing good for the one that we're with, our spouse or girlfriend, or people in general, our general relationships. And that's what I want to be understood is this is not just about porn versus sex. This is about, this is about addiction versus recovery. And addiction is a life of fear. It's a life of insecurity. It's a life of resistance to what we experience. We always want to escape, right? Escape our experiences, escape the discomfort, Recovery is about living a life of service, of love, of acceptance, surrender to Jesus Christ, to God, surrender to the experiences that we're having in life, because it's always going to be hard. Life is always going to be hard. It's always going to be uncomfortable. But if we can live with a spirit of an attitude of surrender and acceptance, we can allow experiences into our lives. We can allow people into our hearts. Sobriety is, is about living a life of recovery. It has very little to do with just the simple act of watching porn versus not. You can quit porn and, and stop watching porn, but actually getting sober and recovering and having a life of peace and presence takes you having a change of heart. 
And that's what God does for us, right? As we open ourselves up, God begins to change our heart, change our perspective. Um, and then naturally, we begin losing our desire for porn because we are changing. And if you want to learn far more about this, check out my free ebook. I'll put it in the description below. It is, uh, it is uh, the, the core, uh, the recovery core guidebook. Okay, I've been working on this thing, the concepts that are in that book for 10 years. It's the seven causes of porn addiction, the seven solutions for recovery. So check that out. Go to nomoredesire.com and it's on the, on the homepage. So the next thing we're going to talk about is how we can talk with our wife or husband about our struggles with porn addiction. Or if we've been in recovery for a while and we're sober, talking with them about why sex is hard for us or kind of where our mind goes and how we want to change. So the first thing, you know, that I'll say is work with a licensed therapist, um, perhaps a sex therapist, you know, this, this is seeking professional help can be ex uh, very, very useful. I am not a professional. I'm a recovering addict. I've worked with other recovering addicts. I do work with them now and helping them in all sorts of ways in their lives in order to uh, gain a life of recovery. But I'm not a licensed therapist. So don't take this advice as uh, professional advice. The other thing is, it's, it's not your spouse's fault. Okay, your porn addiction or your dissatisfaction when it comes to sex has nothing to do with your spouse. Okay, and we can fight that, you know, we can think, well, it's because they don't want to do this or that with me, or well, it's because our sex life isn't exciting because of blah, 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 insert whatever excuse we have. It's not about that. Okay, again, the context of our sexual relationship is what matters. Are we serving, loving, uplifting, encouraging our spouse? Are we there for them? Do we sacrifice for them on a daily basis? Our, our wants and our preferences for what they need or what we can do for them to help them to be a good husband or wife, depending on who's listening to this. Okay, it's not your spouse's fault because it is up to you to change your focus in life from a self-centered one to a selfless one. And if, if we get into that, if we really get into that space, sex is not going to be that big of a deal to us. I venture to say that. I know that's going to differ between different people, but for me personally, I've found that to be the case. Okay? You can have a satisfying, great uh, sexual life, but it by no means uh, needs to be a, a, a big focus for you when you have all of these other things within your relationship that can be a big focus and I think should be. Then the next thing is to get support and accountability. Okay, don't make your spouse the point of contact when it comes to recovery, when it comes to dealing with uh, addictive thoughts and things. 
if you can become a part of a 12-step group, um, if you can get an accountability buddy, of course, my personal coaching program is fantastic to help people who are dealing with this. Get support, get accountability. Don't make your spouse the point of contact. You can talk to them. I'm, I'm going to say um, in addicts that I've worked with and in my own life, I think the most effective way to talk about addiction, to talk about our struggles, is to talk about the things that are underlying those thoughts, those addiction cravings. Don't focus on, I'm craving porn right now or masturbation. Focus on, I'm feeling insecure in my life right now because when I go to work lately, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble with su such and such coworker. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job because of this or that, or, or, uh, you know, I've, I've felt insecure lately because I'm feeling lonely, you know, or I'm, I just don't feel intelligent enough or capable enough of this or that, or I feel inadequate as a husband or whatever it might be. There are, there are things that you are going through weaknesses or, feelings of insecurity that you are seeking to escape from, that you're trying to resist rather than embrace, accept, and lean into, move through with Christ your Savior. Talking to your spouse about those things can be very helpful on both ends. It can help bring you guys closer together and help you get deeper into what's actually leading to your addiction cravings, speaking to them about those things. And then um, if there's someone who can handle this, just saying, and that's leading to addiction cravings for me, which is really hard right now. But what's really going on is I'm feeling this insecurity. I'm feeling this, this suffering. I could just use someone to give me some words of comfort or just hear me out talk about those things. That can be helpful. But again, getting a group, getting a sponsor, um, joining my personal coaching program, get my free ebook, get that support and get accountability. The third thing, of course, you know, we've, we've talked about how and why pornography addiction affects sex in real life. We've talked about how we can talk with our wife or husband about our struggles. Now we're going to talk about the third thing, which is how we can train our brain to view sex in a more positive, connected way. So the first thing, obviously, is to get clean, stop watching porn. Duh. But that's, that's easier said than done. That takes a lot, of, a lot of changes in our lives. Mostly it's moving from that space of resistance in our lives, resistance to experiences, to discomforts, to insecurities, to feelings of weakness, to people, to, um, and it's also this mode of control. If we're, if we're constantly trying to control everything in our lives, that resistance, that control, that's addiction over into a state of acceptance, surrender to the experiences, the weaknesses, the insecurities, all the things that we feel on a daily basis and finding love for ourselves and surrendering most of all to our Savior Jesus Christ and God, to that grace, that guidance in 
everyday life and everything we do, recommitting ourselves to that, to give our life and will over to God and to Jesus Christ. That is the way of recovery. Okay, so just a, a note on that, really what that, that in a very fundamental sense will look like, which I think would be so confusing for people because, again, they think they need to resist their addiction. That's not what it's about. It's not about living a life of resistance. It's about living a life of surrender and acceptance. It's not about control. It's about releasing that control. So that's the first thing, obviously, is to stop watching porn. Right? That's, that's going to help your sexual relationship in a bigger way than anything else can within this context. And the other thing to know is, is that sex is, sex is not as pleasurable as porn. It just isn't. And I think a lot of people will disagree with me on that. But as I was saying earlier, there's just no other uh, way in real life that you can be exposed to thousands of naked bodies within minutes. It messes with your brain. It turns you, it turns your brain into an, an objectifying brain, which the male brain is always, is already so prone to that. And that's why one of the reasons I think why males uh, be, are, tend to be those who are more prone to uh, porn addiction. But it's, it's just not as pleasurable as porn because porn is so novel, so exciting, so new all of the time, and it destroys our dopamine receptors um, our pleasure receptors in our brain. So in order to heal from that, it takes time, right? It takes um, us, again, living that life of recovery in many, many ways, not trying to escape from all the discomforts in our lives, and then allowing our brain time to heal and having compassion for ourselves throughout that process it takes service and selflessness. Okay, this is an, uh, another way to train our brain because, because porn has trained us to be so much more self-centered. And, and I would say that we tend to go to uh, any addiction when we're in a self-centered frame of mind, right? When we're more of a self-centered person. And that does not define you in any kind of way. There's all sorts of reasons we go to more self-centeredness um, because of our upbringing, because of uh, different insecurities or anxiety or depression or things that we deal with. We get into a high state of concern about our lives, ourselves, the way we're, that we're perceived. There's no shame in that. In fact, feeling shame about that self-centeredness uh, only feeds the problem. It's only... Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a manifestation of the exact problem we're talking about. Okay, and everybody deals with selfishness to different extents. So again, there's no shame in it. It's just looking at it and saying, okay, I've been a more self-centered person, therefore I'm more prone towards addiction, right? Doesn't mean I don't do things to help or love or serve other people. I just need to become more selfless. And by giving service, focusing on other people's needs, um, getting outside of myself, without the uh, expectation that others will give me something back in return and putting away that 
that uh, perspective of doing good for other people for the sake of being recognized, right? And instead just going about doing good. And God can help you do that and change your, change your brain in that way and change your focus in that way. And you can pray for that on a daily basis. You know, pray for healing. It's another thing, right? Pray for that healing. Pray that God will change your perspective out from um, yourself onto other people uh, to be a, a God-centered and an others-centered perspective rather than a self-centered perspective. That requires daily prayer. Okay, I for me in my life, it's been over eight years uh, that I've, every single day, I have not gone one day without praying and reading of scripture. Every single day I have to be doing that because it gets me closer to God. It gets me into a space where I can rely on God's power and that's needed. That's needed for recovery. And the other thing is to take off the mask, all right? Be real. Especially when it comes to a sexual relationship that you have with your spouse. Movies and TV shows and obviously all the stuff that you've been exposed to on the internet has changed the way that you see sex. And advertising and all this stuff that just turns people into sexual objects you know we have this whole like sexy way that we speak to each other and this whole idea of what romance is supposed to be and a lot of that is very very fake I'm not saying you can't be, you know, cutesy or flirty or things like that and have fun with that. I'm just saying when it comes to a marriage that you've been in for years, that kind of stuff maybe isn't as real anymore. You know, maybe it never really was real. It's, it's more of a game. That mask that we wear to be romantic or uh, flirt or things like that, again, I'm not saying you can't do some of that for fun or however you want to do it. Every, everyone's different. I'm just saying being real, um, taking off that mask, you know, honestly, when, look, when you're in the bedroom, talking to each other, talk, make it a more, uh, make it a more connected experience by talking to each other. Because if you can stop making sex this very uh this very st strange experience that's like that's outside of of reality that that's not going to uh doing that is not going to help help you mentally and spiritually i hope that makes sense you know just being more real and authentic rather than putting on that, that mask of romance or what you think someone should be like in a sexual experience. Just, just be you, be real, um, and show up as, as who you are. And that takes a lot. And I mean, that, that takes a lot of letting go and a lot of practice. And then have compassion for yourself. Have compassion for yourself to know that Man, I've dealt with porn addiction for years, and it's jacked my brain up. You know, so yeah, sex is hard for me. And, and pray to God that it can be different for you. 
You can pray every single time before you um, engage in a sexual experience. Pray that it will be that God will heal your perspective, take the darkness from you and replace it with light. I testify that works. Okay, and that's not from us earning that. It's not from any kind of special formula. It's just we just pray to God to give us that healing. And if we open ourselves up to that and accept it, we can have that healing. And then to be compassionate for your spouse. Look, you know, having a spouse who's addicted to porn or is recovering from it is extremely hard for so many reasons. And we could talk at great length about this. We won't in this episode, but have compassion for them and own your decisions. Take accountability for your decisions. Your addiction has nothing to do with them. Porn addiction is just something that we go to that's an alternative to drugs or alcohol or or gambling or whatever it may be. It's just a way of coping with our negative feelings. It doesn't have hardly anything to do with our sexual desire. We seek it out as a way to cope. So that's not your spouse's fault. So I hope these things have been helpful for you. Um, I hope in this episode, you know, I have a fear that I've, I've come across as perhaps a know-it-all or, or prideful or things like that. The things that I'm sharing with you here are all things that I'm consistently uh, working on in my daily life. You know, things that I'm trying to learn myself. So I by no means or in any way stand above uh, anyone who's listening right now. This is all stuff I'm working on too. You know, I've been, I've, I have over eight years of sobriety, but I'm just like any other recovering addict working their recovery one day at a time. So my full intent in talking to you today is, is to help you out. And I hope you have found it helpful. So please rate this podcast, review, uh, give me a review, follow this podcast. It helps it reach more people. I would really appreciate you taking the time to do that just for a minute or two. Check out my free ebook, go to nomoredesire.com or go to the description below this episode uh, and click where it says free ebook. My, uh, this ebook, again, the Recovery Core Guidebook, it's something that I've, I've been working on all of these concepts and strategies for uh, over 10 years. And I feel they're gifts given to me by God. And I hope to give this gift to you. It's completely free. So head there and download it. It'll make a big difference for you. And then uh, last but not least, my personal coaching program. If you're someone who's serious about quitting and getting sober, check out my personal coaching program. Sign up for a free consultation. Just go to nomoredesire.com slash coaching. I'd love to have you in the program, my friend. So God bless, much love, good luck in your recovery. Everything expressed on the No More Desire podcast are the opinions of the host and participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of a qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.